I don't know what I'm more excited about, that this is the last month of 2020 or that it's the first week of the Christmas season. I know my wife, Tammy, is excited that it's the first week of the Christmas season. We, we barely got the turkey in the Ziploc bag, and she's already pulling out the Christmas tree. The house is decorated. The snow came down so nicely. Amazon has delivered all of our packages, and we're ready. How about you? Are you ready for this season? You know, I know for some of you, you are so excited about this. You had the house decorated long before Thanksgiving. You were playing Christmas music and stuffing the turkey all at the same time. I'm just going to confess to you, Tammy would tell you, that's not me. I, I tend to ease into Christmas a little bit slower than most. In fact, if it wasn't for our Christmas sermon series, I probably wouldn't be getting into the Christmas mode until December 20th. Anybody can relate to that? That's kind of where I'm at. Well, listen, the beauty and the greatest part about being married to a highly organized wife is that our house is ready. The Christmas presents have all been purchased. They're under the tree. And we're excited to share that with family. I, I love the gift of giving. And you know, along that spirit today, I want to share with you, I want to share with you five gifts, five gifts that have a lifetime impact on those around us. Now, the great thing about these five gifts that I'm going to share with you is that they don't require batteries. They're, they're not going to break. They'll never go out of style. And in January, they won't even show up on your credit card bill. I mean, how's that for an amazing gift to think about? The first three gifts that I'm going to talk about today, these first three are going to relate to the family, and then the last two are going to be more universal that really will, I think, impact all of us. But I really wanted to start here with the family, <laughs> because this ongoing season, this 2020, has really put a stress on the family in ways that we've never experienced before. And the longer this goes, the more cracks that seem to show up in the foundation, you know? Uh, we've had more prayer requests and concerns and conversations that I just know the impact of this is significant. So today, I, I'm hoping the things that I'm gonna share with you will encourage you, will give you some hope and some help during these challenging times. And listen, parents, I just wanna remind you that you're doing a better job than you think you are, right? Nobody expects perfection. So just take a breath this morning. Let the word of God encourage you and challenge you, but give you hope in that. And so if we can, let me just take a moment. Let me pray for just you and for us as we begin our time. Lord, thank you for today. And Lord, my heart goes out to the families today that are watching the, the stresses and the challenges. Uh, Lord, they've been great. They just feel like they're continuing and growing. And so Lord, we ask that your word today would just speak to our hearts that it would encourage us, that it would give us renewed purpose and energy and, and meaning in the things that we do. And so, Lord, may your word speak to us today in your name. Amen. As we look at these five gifts that really last a lifetime, I, I was reminded of one of my favorite pictures uh, that I have in our family album, and it's it's from my parents' 50th wedding anniversary a few years ago, and the entire family, my two sisters and all of their kids and ours, uh, got to spend a week together out on the lake celebrating the marriage of my parents. And you know, they shared that week, and they've shared many times since this, that one of the greatest blessings of their life is knowing that all of their children and their grandchildren love the Lord and walk with the Lord. And listen, that's a precious gift. That's not an assumption. It doesn't always happen. There is no guarantee, now listen to this, that a godly home will produce godly children. Some of you know that 
the truth of that, the pain of that firsthand. And I just say to you parents, listen, in the lives of our children, we have tremendous influence, but no control. I mean, I've sat around the table with godly pastors and evangelists who God has used in amazing ways, have these godly homes that their kids have sat around the same table with them for years, and yet, because our children have free will and free choice, many have decided to walk away from the things of a God for a season, and some even for a lifetime. And I know for these men and women who are leading these amazing ministries, they would give it all up in a heartbeat if they could guarantee that their child would return home and return back to the things of Lord. That, that's why I'm reminding us today as parents, there's, a, there's expectations for us, right? We have tremendous, tremendous influence in the lives of our kids, but ultimately we don't have control. It's the old phrase you've heard, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Listen, if you've ever tried to make a horse drink and put its head down in the water, listen, I'm gonna guarantee you'll only do that one time and you'll be reminded that you can't control what they wanna do. The same is is true in in the book of Proverbs talks about this, really the same concept. It gives us the relationship between our responsibility as parents, the responsibility of the child and, and the impact of the Lord in the process. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 31 says this, the horse is prepared for the day of battle but the victory belongs to the Lord. Parents, our role in this process is is we're preparing the horse for the day of battle, but when the cry of war comes, they hit the battlefield alone with just them and the Lord. So our responsibility is to prepare them well for that day. So I wanna give you these three first gifts. These three first gifts are gonna define for us ways that we can really do that, that we can prepare them well for the day of battle. The the first gift is really a significant one. It really lays the foundation, I think, in many regards for all the others. And it's one of the greatest gifts that, as I look back, my parents gave to us as kids. And that's simply this. It's the gift of marriage. A secure marriage. Marriage is the primary source of security in the life of a child. And in these uncertainty Days when things seem to be up and all around and not knowing which end is up, these are the times the security of the home becomes so important. Now listen, that sounds so good, but if you've been married for any length of time, you know this is hard and you know this is difficult. Magnify that, especially during this COVID season when we're together as a family 24-7, and now as parents, you have these added pressures of being educator, discipler, disciplinarian, social uh, coordinator with all these things. In the midst of all of these things that you're trying to do for your kids and your family, oh, by the way, you still need to have some energy and some emotional space for your spouse. It's a lot every day that we carry. So couples, if you're watching today, can I just encourage you, take a moment, look at your spouse who's somewhere across that room and just remind them, say this to them, listen, you are my top priority and we're gonna do this thing together. All right, you just say it to them. You are my top priority and we're gonna do this thing together. I start that way because for you as parents, I wanna remind you, listen, you've got to remain spouse-centric rather than simply kid-centric. Because listen, 
you soon will be like me and the kids will all be gone and that's all you'll have is your spouse. See, it began with Tammy and I and now it's ending with just Tammy and I and it's an amazing season, but we've gotta remind ourselves we've got to remain spouse-centric rather than simply just focusing on the kids. See, the key is don't lose yourself and don't lose each other in the midst of this season. Find ways to stay connected in the midst of all the craziness. Remind each other, and listen, you're gonna need to do this on a daily basis probably. Remind each other that we're in this thing together and our togetherness is the greatest gift that we can give our children. Be focused, be connected as much as you can. Grandpas and grandmas, listen, can I remind you that your marriage is still speaking to generations that follow. So stay connected, stay fun. Model for them what it looks like to have a love that lasts a lifetime. Let me just give you one other quick one for you as parents, and that's simply this, is to stay unified. See, a bad decision unified is better than a good decision divided. Stay connected, stay unified on the things that we go. The second gift we have is really this. It's the gift of consistency. And this is a muscle whew, that we're getting to stretch almost every day during this pandemic time, this gift of consistency. And it's hard, isn't it? It's so hard to stay consistent when we feel like every day, it's like Groundhog Day. I don't know whether it's Monday or it's Thursday or it's Saturday, they all feel the same, but consistency is so important because what that's where the influence happens. Influence happens in, in everyday life, right? It's the mundane that matters, it's extraordinary lessons that are learned in ordinary days. The consistency is so important. In the book of Deuteronomy, we share this often with parents during parent-child dedication, but Deuteronomy chapter six says this, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Deuteronomy, I love it. He just simply says this. Listen, just live your life. Bring your kids along in the journey with you and let them experience life with you. Sometimes as parents, we put so much pressure on ourselves to have this hyper-spiritual, ritualistic program of discipleship for our kids, and there's so much pressure, it almost just shuts us down. Now listen, kids learn a lot. Much is taught, but also much is caught in the lives of our kids. Consistency is the thing that models that for them. Think about my life and I think about my boys. I, I never want them to grow up with three fathers. You know, the father who's at home, the father who's behind the pulpit, and the father who's on vacation. <laughs> you see, if I shouldn't eat, drink, or watch it or say it at home, I shouldn't eat, drink, watch it or say it while I'm on vacation. I shouldn't say one thing from the pulpit without doing the best I can to live it out in front of my family there at the home. Why? It's because the consistency is what fights the biggest issue of hypocrisy. It's our consistency day in and day out that brings a depth and an authenticity to our faith. It's also, especially during times like this, the consistency that creates in our home a sense of security, a sense of predictability, which leads to a home that's at peace. When our kids wake up each day not wondering which mom or dad will show up, knowing there's a consistency of who we are. Your consistency every day, as hard as it is, listen, it makes your home an oasis at a time when life feels like a desert. That leads us to the third gift, 
The third gift here, I, I've just titled this, I, I, it's the gift of, of Switzerland. And here's what I mean by that. Switzerland, the, the land of peace. Now, parents, I don't know about you, at this time, especially of all, it never feels like we're living in a land of peace. Sometimes, doesn't it? It feels like we are nagging from sunup to sundown. Like the answer no is our default answer to every question that comes our way. You ever, you ever felt that way? Like you're just nitpicking all day long and it's wearing you out. It's draining to always be pointing out the things that should be done or the things that weren't done or how you should do them better or how they should at least do them your way because your way is the right way that you should do things. So how do we combat that? How do we learn to pick our battles? How do we learn to create a home where peace is evident? How do we focus on who our kids are over what our kids do? Because really, isn't you, at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to prepare a person. We're not trying to fix a problem. So we've got to focus on that part of who they truly are. If we don't do that, if we're constantly at this point of just nagging and picking all day long, the book of Ephesians tells us the danger of this. In Ephesians chapter six, it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. Fathers, mothers, don't provoke your kids to anger. Creating a place of peace. Let me help you with that. Let me give you today, let me give you some questions and some statements that really, I think are so important to really ask ourselves in the moment, right? When the tension's high, when you feel those moments, six things to really ask yourself. Number one, the first question is simply this. How important is the issue that you're battling over, right? How important is this issue that we're battling over at this moment? Parents, can I just encourage you? You have got to choose your battles wisely so that you have the strength to fight the ones that really matter. My fear is in these days when we're together 24-7 all the time, if we're fighting every battle at the same intensity, we're gonna be so tired and wore out that the ones that really matter, the ones that have an impact, we're just not gonna have the emotional energy to battle with them. Uh, number two, to kind of help on that is, is the issue detrimental to their spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being, right? W what's the consequence of their decisions? Now, listen, there are some battles, and you know these, there are some battles that are so significant that we've got to fight them. The, the, the consequences of poor choices in these areas have great impact on their physical, their spiritual, and their emotional health. We plant the flag. These are the hills that we're willing to die on. But a lot of other battles, aren't they? Their personal preferences, their annoyances, they're things that we would like and desire, but they aren't that significant. Here's the key, encourage you, especially in this day, know the difference between the hill to die on and the thing to let go. Number three, I think what rolls into that, which makes that difficult, number three is simply this, is to pause to check your own motives. You don't have to show up to every argument that you're invited to. Sometimes my own motives want to always be right or my own motives want to do this or do that. Just check those. Not every argument you've got to show up even if you got an invitation. Number four, choose the right time and tone to address the issue, right? It's not what you said, it's how you said it. It's when you said it, it's where you said it. Just to pick those. For couples, can I just say to you, this one becomes really important too. Learning in your own rhythm in these days, what is the right time 
What is the right place and what is the right tone to address the issues with one another? Number five, what's the best solution to the problem, right? What's the best outcome? What's the best solution? Sometimes, listen, sometimes peace is more important than being right. And not on the big major issues, but on many of the issues that we face day in and day out with our kids. Sometimes peace is more important than being right. And number six is how do we reach a happy compromise, right? Don't let something that doesn't matter cause you to lose something that truly does. How do we get to that point of, of, of reaching a happy compromise? Can I remind you two things are so important. Humility and empathy are always the foundation that proceed compromise. In our relationship with one another, humility, right? I don't always have to be right. Empathy, I have to understand, have some compassion for where you're coming from. That's so both ways right now. Parents, a, a greater empathy for our kids. They're tired, they're frustrated. This is not what they wanted. They're tired of being cooped up. Empathy. Kids, you to your parents, <laughs> they're tired, they're stressed out. This is not what they thought this year would be like either. And so all of those, humility and, and empathy, again, proceed any kind of compromise that's there. But I think those are just six easy questions and statements to think through when I'm there, valuing what's important. Now, here's the challenge. All of us in these first two gifts, we're, we're gonna fall short in these. And, and we're gonna fall short in our interaction to one another. Parents, you, we're gonna blow it. We're gonna become impatient. We're gonna become angry. We're gonna react in ways that we don't want to. Kids, you're gonna become disrespectful in your response. You're gonna become irritated with your siblings. You're gonna become frustrated with your parents. You're gonna have these same kind of feelings. And all of these lead to, I think, what the really importance of the fourth gift, the gift that we give one another. And it's simply this. The fourth gift is the gift of forgiveness. When you're with family members, when you're with roommates, when you're with a coworker or a friend all the time, the opportunity for offense becomes greater and greater. Peter asked this question of Jesus. Jesus, what do I do when I'm with this person who continually sins against me, who continually annoys me in the same way? How do I respond? What do I do with that brother or sister that every single day they annoy me over the same things? What do I do with my spouse who seems to regularly lose their patience over this area? How do I deal with a friend who continues to write offensive posts on social media that offend me? See, the challenge is that the people that are closest to us, they know which buttons to, to push, and they seem to like to push them quite often. So Peter says to Jesus, Jesus, can't I just stay annoyed? Can't I just stay angry with them because of this? Look how he responds in Matthew chapter 18. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Verse 22, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times 70. See, there's an empathy that comes from Jesus and understanding, especially in this point in our relationship with one another. An empathy for all of us that understands, listen, one thing I know about everybody at this point in the year, listen, we're tired, we're frustrated. Everybody wants things to get back to some degree of what normal was. We have all lost things during this time. We have all given up things during this time. And the energy is just 
the joy level, if we're not careful, it just keeps depleting on every one of us. Listen, in these moments, at this time, let's continue to give each other grace. Let's assume the best and let's be willing to forgive easily. I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts that we can have. First Peter chapter four, verse eight, I just love the way he says it. It says this, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. That love covers a multitude of sins. Friends, for the people that are closest to you in your world that you're rubbing shoulders with all the time, this is the key. It's one of the greatest gifts we can give each other during this season. Grace, assuming the best, and forgiveness. And that leads us to the, the final gift. And this, what I love about this final gift, is it's not just a gift of a lifetime, but it really is a gift for all eternity, and that's the gift of salvation. Last Sunday, I'm driving home from church, and I got, my phone starts blowing up with all these texts, and we were so excited. Somebody was sharing that their daughter, at the end of our service, gave their life to Christ, and she was sharing that with our staff, and we got to celebrate with that and just experience the joy of a parent experiencing that in the life of their child. It was the greatest gift, because why? It's a gift that changes and transforms a life. And in that family, 2020 will be the year that one of the greatest miracles that ever could happen could happen. That somebody gave their life to Christ and went from death to life. Colossians chapter one, I love it. In, in verse 13 and 14 says this, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transformed us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And that's the power, right? That God's gift of salvation, that it transferred us from the kingdom of darkness and made us into his sons. We talked about it a little last week, that God adopted us, that he made us and called us his own. That the gift of salvation breaks the yoke of sin. It, it shatters the chains of addiction. That the gift of salvation gives us hope and meaning in a broken world. <laughs> All throughout this month, we'll be celebrating that truth, that the gift of salvation who came through the person of Jesus Christ, who was born as a baby into a manger, that we might experience salvation in our lives, that he was the perfect gift, born in an imperfect time, in an imperfect place to imperfect people, but was the perfect thing that we needed. See, I share that with you today because some of you today, for honesty, you're, you're really at the end of your rope, right? There's this feeling of just hopelessness. There's an emptiness in your heart that just aches every day. There's this God-sized hole in your soul that's just left empty, longing to be filled. Romans chapter six, verse 23, gives us the solution to that feeling because it says this, for the wages of sin is death, but here's the key, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's the hope today, right? That, that's the greatest gift that God offers to you, the free gift of salvation and a relationship with him. And it's a gift that you can experience today in this very moment by simply just crying out to God, saying, God, I need the gift of your forgiveness in my life. 
God, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I mean, just express that to the Lord today in whatever words that, that communicate your feelings within your heart, but it's just crying out for the Lord, God, I need you. Would you rescue me? Would you give me the gift of new life in you? You know, if you go to lexcity.info, there's a little tab there that simply says, I prayed. If, if you have questions about what this relationship with Jesus means, we'd love to connect with you. Maybe in this moment, just as someone did last week, you prayed that prayer and just carried out to God. Listen, we'd love to celebrate with you. We'd love to come along, alongside you and help you grow in your faith again. Just go there, connect. Help us to be able to walk alongside you. It's the greatest gift that you'll ever experience. It, it, it's the gift that every parent and every grandparent and every uncle and aunt would love to give to their child, the gift of eternal life. But again, as we started off being reminded, listen, our role in that is only to prepare the horse for battle. The victory is theirs and the victory is the Lord's. So our responsibility is that we prepare this day very well. How do we do that? May we give to our children the, the gift of security of a strong marriage. May there be peace and consistency in our homes and may we forgive one another easily when we fall short as we will so many times. For Tammy and I, we're in year 30 of this journey of marriage and I so wanna get to that point and to take that picture at a 50 year anniversary. I so want to look at that moment and see my children and Lord willing, my grandchildren who love the Lord and are walking with the Lord. That's, that's the victory. But that victory starts with the preparation, right? It's the preparing of the horse every day. That's why every day matters in COVID-19. Your choices are modeling. Your, 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 your choices are validating the faith that we speak so freely of before our, our children. Every day makes a difference and every day matters. For our singles out there, if you desire someday to have a family and have children, listen, the decisions you're making today are laying the foundation for that 50-year picture. Your choices of integrity, your choices of purity, your choices in the disciplines of your life are laying the foundation for that stable, right? So, so choose those well, for they lay the groundwork of the days to come. So this Christmas season, as we begin, today, can we just commit to one another to give each other the gifts that truly last a lifetime? Let's pray together. Father, today, as we think about the things that truly matter, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for the gift of your son, which gives us meaning and purpose. God, today, I, I think especially of our families, the struggle is great. It feels like it's ongoing and it feels like there may not be a light at the end of the tunnel like we so wish. And so God, in these days, for our husbands and wives, may you just remind them the power of this relationship they're in, the covenant they have to one another, that the security of that marriage creates a security within the home. God, as parents, can we 
continue to model the fruit of the Spirit, a consistency every day to the best of our abilities. And when we fall short, may we confess that quickly and move on to the next day. But God, may there be a consistency of our lives and the convictions that we have for one another. And Lord, at times when we fall short, may our homes be a place of just grace and peace and kindness towards one another. So Lord, use us in these days. As we prepare, as we're engaged in preparing the next generation for the things that come, may we learn extraordinary lessons in ordinary days. So Lord, we love you. Thanks for this season when we get to celebrate the birth of your son. We thank you for it. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you.